You know they want staring point, you know we straight to the point Boy Chris with assist, fast breaks like a joint splitting half Boy J with the J, we throwing heat, no gas, that's a touchdown pass You know just how we coming, so it's nothing left to say Now they hardly can guard me like Dirk fade away You know just how we coming, so it's nothing left to say Yeah, you know just how we coming, so it's nothing left to say They want staring point, you know we straight to the point They want staring point, you know we straight to the point They want staring point, you know we straight to the point They want staring point, you know we straight to the straight to the point bringing us into episode number 49 of Straight to the Point My name is Chris, here with my guy J-Dog Yo, what's going on? Yo, we got so much to talk about, so much to dive into. John Wall is now a rocket. AD and LeBron staying in LA. And should the NFL create a playoff bubble? So much, so much to talk about, especially in the NBA. So we're going to dive right into the NFL, of course. Get that out <laughs> the way. Because who really wants to talk about the NFL when you have NBA on the horizon? So first things first, uh, a lot of things happened in the NFL this past week. Uh, the Broncos played with no quarterback. Uh, the Eagles played with no talent. And Pittsburgh and Baltimore played on a Wednesday. Um, so kind of, just kind of, what's your, some of your big takeaways um, from this past week in the NFL, Jared? Biggest takeaway was probably the Steelers and Ravens playing on a Wednesday. That game was pushed back so many times, I assumed. Not assume because you, you know what the first letters are assuming, but you 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 can kind of surmise that the game was going to get pushed back again, or a forfeit was coming because literally Thursday, or Wednesday before Thanksgiving, it was announced that the game would be canceled. Thursday you come out, Lamar Jackson tests positive for COVID, so now you just lost your starting QB. Two days later, you just lose four more players and the Clay's Campbell and a couple others on the Ravens side. Sunday's announced James Conner now has been tested positive for COVID, but that's one of the only Steelers players that just, that's a new COVID test. One of their first positives throughout the entire season. Monday comes around, you hear more Ravens personnel is now tested positive for COVID. So the game now gets pushed back from the Tuesday. It was, it was going to be in for a lot of in for to now Wednesday at 3 40 PM, which is the most awkward time you've ever seen a football game or any like. It's, it's because N- NBC, the NBC, wanted, NBC wanted to, to show it. Yeah, and there was college other, games also. They had the other things too. to show. It's, like, it's and there were some college games I wouldn't have missed if there was – like, even if there was the NFL game, Ravens and Steelers, I probably would not have missed the Duke and Michigan game. I'm just going to be honest. I probably I'm, I'm going to be honest. I'm going to watch the NFL. I don't know. I just I, – I, with the way that game was played, I still would have probably took the Duke game because that Duke game was pretty live at the moment. Or the Kansas game that was, again, after the Duke game. So it was hard for you to find a time. But when you look at that game, the Steelers didn't play all that great, in my opinion. Like, the Ravens' defense was still very formidable. Ben Roethlisberger had a, his solid throws, but there were still bad plays here and there. I thought the Ravens were going to blow them out of the water. Or, I mean, the Steelers were going to blow the Ravens out of the water, but it really didn't happen the way I thought it was. Unfortunately, uh, RG3 was, did get hurt, ending up taking him out of the game. I, I, I feel bad for him. It, it's really hard and tough for a backup QB that – didn't expect to get any playing time this season or even expect to get thrown into the fire so fast. He was thrown right into the fire against a very formidable defense, and he took a hit that just didn't he, – he, he just couldn't really brace himself for it, and he ended up getting hurt. It felt bad to see that. But, again, the Steelers are now 11-0. They're poised to really – if they really want to go 16-0 for the season. But I thought they were going to play a better game. But then, again, you would see both teams were, I guess, not – really underperforming it was just more that they were just felt as weird as the rest of us felt when they had they're playing a game on a Wednesday that's what it kind of looked like yeah I agree 
Um, some of the biggest, one of the biggest takeaways from me this past week um, definitely was the Broncos. Um, another case of, you know, COVID screwing with the NFL schedule. They ended up losing all of their quarterbacks, um, Locke, Drew Locke, Jeff Driscoll, Blake Bortles, and Brett Rippon, um, because Jeff Driscoll tested positive for COVID and all the three other quarterbacks were considered high contact, high risk cases. So they ended up playing a game versus the Saints, which they lost 31-3. And they, they petitioned with the NFL, like, you know, you moved this Pittsburgh game a thousand times. You can't move us to, so we can, you know, have some, some time to get someone ready. And they didn't. So they ended up having to play Kendall Hinton, who played, who is a practice squad, practice squad route receiver, who played college and played college quarterback. Um, was trans was transitioning over to receiver, and he went one and nine. Was very ineffective throwing the ball. Had through two interceptions, but just for him to go out there and 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 compete, pretty much you know thrown into the fire, that's very commendable. Um, and you have to kind of you have to give respect to to Denver. They were they were dealt a terrible hand, and they just did the best you know did the best they were done. Um, Made, ah, I can't talk. Did the best they could with a bad hand. So um, that's my biggest takeaway is that the NFL looks, you know, their scheduling is very, is getting to the point where they have no flexibility. And you may, you may be seeing a lot more of these Tuesday, Wednesday, d- Monday night doubleheader type, you know, situations going forward. They just need, they just, they just want to get to the end of this season at this point. Honestly. Um, speaking of the end of the season, so we mentioned Pittsburgh, who is still undefeated, um, who we said last episode they may be the most disrespected and underrated um, undefeated team that there is. They're possibly looking at a, a situation where they could go 16-0. and 0. Um, Kansas City, right, right on their heels, with only one loss. You could have a situation where Pittsburgh is 16-0 and and they get the one seed and, and a 15-win Kansas City team has to play on wild card weekend. It's just, you know, 2020 is, is one of those crazy years. But my thoughts and what we mentioned at the top of the program is should there be a playoff bubble and how would you logistically lay it out? Now, I know – for what we say, it's it's a lot more that goes into it. But just speaking very broadly, um, what do you think about a playoff bubble for the NFL? I think it makes absolutely perfect sense. I mean, we're talking about this is something we brought on the show weeks when the season was starting. Should this had had occurred, and I said yes, there should be a playoff bubble. There was debate whether or it should happen because you want to play in front of the fans that they've talked about having fans, and then they just the money loss would have been hard. But now they're losing money. Every time you push a game back, every time you have to pause something, you're losing money. We're talking about back in October to now, I think as of December 1st, we're talking about they had 13 million Americans had contracted the coronavirus mm-hmm. and then over 250,000 people had died from it. Now starting at December 1st, like it's only been growing since then. Like coronavirus is still prevalent. COVID-19 is still a prevalent thing. And right now you've seen it in the NFL where it's taking more presence down the NFL because so many teams and players are testing positive. And now we're not just talking about little name guys anymore. We're talking about, Big, huge Big stars game from Cam Newton, Stephon Gilmore, and now Lamar Jackson are testing positive for COVID, putting not only 
themselves at risk, but now their families are at risk because you don't know when Lamar had tested positive, who he had been around before then his family or his friends that now they probably had it and then passed it on as well. So that's just, it's just cutting more onto the problem. And I understand that having a bubble is going to be expensive. I think they're talking about saying if they were to have a bubble, it would cost around 15 million or like 1.5 million or something like that to have mm-hmm. a bubble because you have to attest to so many teams for the playoffs. But I just think if you're Roger Goodell in the NFL, you have to put it really into consideration that, well, hey, we can't keep trying to push games back anymore. The season can't get pushed longer. We, well, this season has been, is already dragging a longer than they had anticipated before, and they're not even making up the, as much of the revenue they thought they were by even pushing some of these games back. They're still losing value. And they're losing money because of certain star players not being in the games. Now TV streams are down, or the fact that in games back where they just lost a very prime time spot on Thanksgiving Day. You lost, a, you lost prime time money because you didn't get to see the Ravens Steelers on Thanksgiving. We had to see them on a Wednesday the week after. That's, that's a huge thing. You, you, you don't want to really – it's not that we don't want to see it. We do want to see these games. We don't want to see it played. But if you have it in a bubble, we'll be able to see it where players won't get tested. Players will be able to get tested faster. They might not test them as well. And you saw how it worked out. And also in the NBA, where the NBA started this whole bubble thing, you see how it's worked out. You see how it's still working out right now so far in college basketball where it's, it's worked out in the first two weeks that we've seen you haven't heard about a lot of positive tests in college basketball because basically they're in this design bubble in college where a lot of these teams mm-hmm. are playing in facilities where there's not anybody on the campuses but the teams. And right. then they're also housing the opposing team that might be coming in in a separate area. So it's not like they're going to be interacting with each other. So there's, you have to look at it, the NFL has to potentially do the same thing. Again, the Ravens whole organization has been going under investigation because of the fact that they're saying that the personnel member that had gotten tested for COVID may have been kind of straying away from telling them that he had symptoms or mm-hmm. hiding his hiding the fact that he had COVID before they found out he was positive. So that might be a reason why this game even got canceled for Thursday. As that investigation is going on, you'll find out more. But now that the game's been played, I don't think this investigation is really going to mean much. You might see a fine. But if they had found out something more earlier, mm-hmm. I think this game would have become an automatic forfeit for the Ravens because the fact is, COVID is too serious of a thing for them to be having, for having to find out that somebody is willingly going to risk themselves and others just to be able to go and be a part of a football team or go and be a part of whatever he was doing at the time instead of really making sure that he was healthy and safe and as well as the others in that facility and players because Lamar probably didn't want to test positive for COVID. He really, no, I don't think anyone wants to test positive for COVID. Uh, that's what I'm saying. I don't think he wanted to test positive for COVID. I don't think he wanted to miss out on a game where, if you watch the way that game was played, RG3 was able to get a touchdown in the first, what, second series of the, in the first quarter. RG3, well, Lamar Jackson, in that case, might have had a chance, a fighting chance. The defense was holding their own against the Steelers at, at one point in time during the game. Marcus Peters, Marl Humphrey were stepping up. So I'm just like, man, if, RG, if Lamar Jackson was there instead of RG3, the game might have really been – a rivalry game, and we'd actually be more excited to watch it. I think if Baltimore wanted to to hold, you know, hold Pittsburgh from going undefeated, a and keep their playoff chances alive, I think they needed that game. Look at Cleveland. Cleveland's eight and three. Um, yeah, yeah. Cle- Cincinnati lost their quarterback, but Cincinnati is an in division rival, not an easy out by any means. Um, the AFC is looking looking a little tighter now. You got a lot of teams that are talented. Yes, there's an extra spot, but we don't know, you know, how things are going to shake out. Baltimore needed this game. Baltimore needed this game for their for their confidence, for their, 
you know, to say like a year, we're still the Baltimore Ravens. We were the best team in the league last year by record in the regular season, you know, and I think that them having a good game, like I'll give you an example. At the end of the, before the end of the first half, at they got the ball down to maybe the one, one half, half yard line, something like that. They had no timeouts. They run the play, they run a play on third down or second, second or third down, I, I believe, where they run the ball up the middle. And then they turn around with the clock is at like three seconds now. Instead of spiking it, maybe getting a field goal, they run a play action and they throw the ball in the end zone and the guy, the tight end, bobbles it, drops it, half over. They get no points. If they had run that same play they run at the end, the play before, and you take that play action shot, and if if it's incomplete, okay, the clock has stopped, you can – you don't have to rush to kind of – try to make up yardage, make up time, I'm, I'm sorry. Then you kind of come out – maybe you come out with three points and now the momentum swings. Now you get no points and now Pittsburgh goes into the half with all the momentum and now you're trying to continue to fight uphill, fight uphill, fight uphill. That seems to be like the, the, the highlight of the Baltimore season was that they, they do a little bit and then they kind of stumble over themselves and they try to play catch up and they can't quite get it done. Oh no! It was the game. What do we ended nineteen fourteen? Lamar had played that game. There was a legit chance that you might beat the Steelers because the Steelers Steelers were projected to blow this team out of the water. Like with so many positive COVID tests on the Ravens side, I did not expect them to really put more than three points on the board. Maybe a touchdown at, at the max. Mm-hmm. They put up fourteen, and it was two touchdowns. It wasn't like it was field goals to a touchdown. They they scored two touchdowns. So if Lamar was there, we might have seen something different. I really don't know. The passing attack for the Ravens is depleted. I, without Marquise Brown and Mark Andrews, they don't have any passing yardage allowed ever. Like, Des Bryant didn't even see a reception that entire game. I know they signed him to help maybe appease Lamar, help him get some one-on-ones on the outside looks. But if he's not getting targeted, it's not really helping anybody. He's just, just throwing a wide body out there. So we'll have to see how it goes. Hopefully everybody on the, the, the team comes back healthy and gets off the COVID exempt list soon. More NFL games are going to be happening, but I believe, what, there's two games for this Tuesday coming up? We're going to be seeing a lot more Tuesday games, I believe, now in the NFL with these coming weeks just to help them, the NFL scheduling-wise, so they can keep the playoffs on track. Because at that point in time, I think they're still trying to push to have the playoffs sooner rather than I don't think they really want to see a February-March playoffs when it's not, when we're not talking about an actual Super Bowl, they they want to. I don't think you want to see the wild card just being played at that time. So we'll have to see. I know they're talking about the NFL has been discussing a bubble, maybe in Houston. Hopefully that's something can, that can happen. I would I would like to see it happen, just just because of the fact that it is I think it'll be more easily manageable, especially if it's playoffs where you're not worrying about the entire NFL. You're just worrying about select few teams. So, yeah. I mean, we'll you, you still have 14 teams you have to appease because you have seven spots in both conferences. The only good thing is it's one game and then you're done. So it's one game, you move on. So if they're like, if I'm creating this bubble situation, right? I know my, I know the Super Bowl is in Tampa. You have AFC, NFC, probably had the AFC bubble. I, if I'm doing it in the NFL, I'm putting it somewhere where there's a dome and no one has a, a clear cut home field advantage. So you could put one, t- you could put like somewhere in, in St. Louis. Yeah, there's no team, there's no NFL team in St. Louis, but I'm sure there, I'm I'm almost positive 
but the dome is still up that the Rams played in. You can have a team there. Um, if you want to have an outdoor, like I'm saying, like I would say it has to be somewhere where it's it's neutral, it's fair, and you can kind of like, you know, keep things controlled. I I personally would say like put it in two domes. You know, you could do if let's say Indianapolis doesn't make the playoffs, you put one in Indianapolis and one in St. Louis, and then the Super Bowls in Tampa. Or you could do uh, I'm trying to think of somewhere to dome Dallas and. Yeah, I wouldn't be – I was just thinking that I wouldn't be upset to see Dallas, even though that still gives them some form of standing there. People will talk about, oh, Jerry Jones, this, Jerry, or that. But, but that team won't be in the playoffs. So. That stadium, hey, that stadium, that's stadium is beautiful. Yeah, that's you a know, good stadium. I don't think that, Jerry will be mad about that. that. that yeah, that keeps Jerry talked about, keeps his, his, his recognition, his legacy going, and that team will not be in the playoffs. Right. Side, so, side note for so, whoever doesn't like Dallas. Side note. Like one in Dallas, one in St. Louis – or one in Dallas, one in, you know, take your pick, wherever? I don't know, but we, we've seen the opt-outs. We've seen the players complain. We've seen the fans complain. And we've now seen coaches, staff members, analysts bring it up numerous times. Hopefully the NFL is listening. Hopefully Roger Goodell can figure something out or at least just get help manage this more because right now it just seems unstable. And it's been like that since week one, and now we're in week 13. So hopefully they can get something done. <laughs> Don't hold your breath. Moving on to a league that gets things done, the NBA. Ah, yes, run by a fairly competent commissioner. Okay. Don't you disrespect Adam Silver. I will never disrespect Adam Silver today, but tomorrow, no promises. Now, let's for everyone to recap, John Wall is now a rocket. Yes. Bradley Bill is cheering somewhere. Because John Wall is finally, finally gone. And he can breathe easy knowing that the shackles of John Wall has, has been lifted from him, only to be replaced by bigger, heavier shackles of Russell Westbrook. <laughs> that was disrespectful. <laughs> so Westbrook is worth John Wall and a first-round pick, apparently. Who really wanted to get rid of who is the question. I've seen people say that, you know, Houston really traded Westbrook for Eastbrook, you know, things like that. What are your thoughts on on John Wall and possibly James Harden in Houston? I don't think it's better than Russ and Beal or Russ and Harden. I don't think John Wall and Harden is going to actually come to fruition. I don't think we're really going to see it for more than maybe a week. It's three weeks. Because when I look at this, there, you've seen so many things come out. This a whole John Wall for Bradley Bill was announced about three weeks ago. It was a rumor that came out saying Bradley Bill is looking into getting Russell Westbrook. John Wall, then like literally within an hour of that, you hear you hear another whole Twitter whole argument can come out saying John Wall has announced he wants to trade from the Wizards because he was he wants to play for his own team. The Wizards organization has told him it is now Bill's team. They're staring in the Bill direction. And that's not what John Wall was told previously coming back from his injury. And those, these are all from anonymous sources and quotes. But now that you see this trade actually come to pass, even though it was denied by John Wall, even though Bradley Beal has vehemently denied not wanting, to, not wanting to play without his brother John Wall, you see this move get made. And you see 
this was a move for Bradley Beal. In the Wizards' case, they were able to bring in a Russell Westbrook, who is better than John Wall, who is, is, who is healthy. I know John, Bradley, Bradley Beal wanted that. He's coming off a 30-point season in Bradley Beal. Russell Westbrook's coming off a little quad injury in the playoffs, but he still put up numbers. Still has very good defense. You don't know how what John Wall is going to play. Now you'll get the Rockets' case. John Wall comes in. You're putting him with uh, James Harden, Daniel House, Christian Wood, and DeMarcus Cousins as your starting lineup. Wall and Cousins back at it again. Now you're looking at the pieces that they have. John Wall and Cousins played together in Kentucky. They've been really good friends. John Wall has always wanted to play again with DeMarcus Cousins since their college days. Mm-hmm. Why do I say this is looking like a Harden move out the door? Because Harden's not fully bought into the Rockets organization anymore. He's announced live. He's announced it that he wants to go to the Nets. You look at how John Wall has said that he wants his own team. I've come out and said it that when, John, when James Harden and Russ lost D'Antoni and then they got rid of Covington, I think they're on the rebuild. I've said this, I've said this that they're on the rebuild. Maybe not, it's gonna, not a hard rebuild like the Thunder, but they're on a soft rebuild where they're just going to get a little bit of talent, but they're trying to acquire picks. Well, they got a, a nice little protected pick in the Russell Westbrook move. You move Harden to the Nets. You bring in, let's say, a Karis LeVert, a Dinwiddie. You bring in a Jared Allen or whatever else, but you are going to get some picks for James Harden. Don't, don't, don't rest assured you'll get some picks. Now you have a John Wall-led team again. Now John Wall gets to be the man. He's making his money. He gets to be the man. You get a Karis LeVert, who's a nice, nice two option to have. Still got the Marcus Cousins, still have a Christian Wood, and whoever else you get from the Nets. Mm-hmm. And now James Harden's happy. The Rockets have their little happy little Nets where they have a small rebuild coming in. You've got young pieces now. You have some picks that you've already – because you've given up so many picks for a Chris Paul and a Russell. You've got to reacquire those draft picks. Right. And now John Wall's happy because he has his own team again. That's what I'm seeing as the bigger picture here. I don't see this becoming a John Wall, Bradley, uh, John Wall, James Harden duo. I'm not seeing it. I don't really – I'm not envisioning them really playing together for more than – if this goes past these next three weeks, I don't see them playing more than about a week, two weeks. I think James Harden wanted to, still wants out. I think he's dead set on leaving this team and going to a team where he can really contend and win. If it's the Nets, well, that's his main number one option. I think that can happen still. I don't, it really just depends on if the Nets are willing to budge. I don't think the Nets are trying to give up Kyrie. If they're, if the Rockets, the Rockets are going to ask for Kyrie Irving. It's just how it is. But why ask for Kyrie now if you have John Wall? So we'll have to see what happens. But I think James Harden is already two feet out the Rockets door. I think he's going, even though we've heard the rumors saying, James Harden wanted John Wall. Why? You haven't seen his game. So I, you, you have to know that there's some illegitimacy to this rumor that came out because James Harden hasn't seen John Wall in two and a half years. You don't know how this man's going to come back and play. You don't know how his jump shot is looking. You don't, you don't know if he's not going to re-injure how fragile his body is. This man has, has had a durability, durability issue. He got hurt the same way Andrew Bynum got hurt in a bowling incident. Playing bowl? Bowling? Playing- Wait, wait, he got hurt doing something. <laughs> I'm not saying, I don't, I, it might not really have been bowling, but he got hurt off, off the court during his rehab. Like, he re-injured himself while already injured. So, it was like, that's, durability becomes a huge thing for John Wall. And right now, if you're James Harden, this is just a move where you're like, all right, I see what you guys are doing. I'm going to play the long haul. James Harden represents himself. I think he can, he's represented himself the best way he can, and he's going to try and make this move now, make this push in the next coming weeks to get out the Rockets' door. And I think it does make all teams happy. It's going to make a lot of Harden fans happy. I know one in Purdue would love to see Harden off the Rockets, going to the Nets, and potentially winning the championship. Right. Potentially ruining the East. So, again, that's my whole big philosophy. It, it might just be me, you know, 5,000 IQing it or just imposter and just messing this whole thing up for people that play 
a lot of Among Us and video games like that. But again, I just think right now, if we're looking at what's the best case scenario for all parties involved, mm-hmm. Harden's gone. He yeah. wants out. John Wall wants his own team. He'll have that when Harden's gone. Yeah. Because you I, just let's put the bars on the table now. Do we see Harden giving up the ball for a John Wall when he had a problem giving up the ball for a Russell? Do no. I do with I see a, less with a new, 20, with a new coach, 20 foot setbacks? With a new coach. Don't forget. You know, Dan Tony's not there anymore. My fault. Yeah, with a new coach, do I see Harden still not taking the five step step back and holding the ball for 20 seconds? Because I don't think it's five steps. I don't, I don't think that's legal. You, 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 you're right. You're right. It's the, the equilibrium jump step back where it just it's magnanimous. It looks amazing. I've never seen it. just like he walks is on it, air. Is it the same thing back. as a crab dribble? I, I don't know what it is. I don't know how he does it, but that step back is vicious because he always gets an and one foul on it or he makes a nice deep three, but it takes him 15 to 20 seconds to set up for that shot. So I, I don't know if that's going to work with a John Wall. Okay. I think a Russ and a Beal can work better because one, I think Beal's a very better off-ball player than James Harden is now in their careers. A lot of Beal's 30 points, was he, he wasn't even the main ball handler at times. Even though he, he was the most dominant player, at times he wasn't even the main ball handler. He, the ball was just fed to him. And that's how he was able to drop his 30 to 40 points. So I think of Russ, Russell Westbrook, Beal, you see what they can do, potential AFC. Hey, 60 at the max, AFC right now. That's what the Wizards are looking for, contention. Keep Beal happy. Don't want to see Bill leave, get traded to, let's say, the Miami Heat. Oh, my Lord. Now the Heat, back in the finals. They don't want to see that happen. They don't want to lose Bill. That's their back in the finals. Oh, yeah, I can see the Heat, heat back in the finals. Heat with Bill is back in the finals? I think so. Okay. Fair. Fair. Speaking of a team trying to get to the finals, your boy PG had a lot to say about your guy, Glenn Rivers. Formerly known as that's my coach, my coach Glenn Rivers. It's hard. It's hard. It's hard to see stuff like this. Jerry, your thoughts on, on PG's comments um, about what happened with the Clippers between him and Doc and, and all the people involved? The first word that comes to mind is accountability, and Paul George takes no accountability for his actions. Wow, you've seen this since the Pacer days, where he called out CJ Miles for taking a shot that he was like, "I should be the ones taking these shots." And well, we see what happens when Paul George takes these shots. He has to side the backboard. Excuse me. We will not call him by his government name until oh, he pan- redeems himself. Pandemic P has side the backboard. Or way off P. So we see what happens when he doesn't take an opportunity. I think it's funny because they, he was slandering Doc Rivers. He came out and said on the show with Matt Barnes and David Jackson, he was like, it was all tough. The, all the smoke. All the smoke. One great podcast. I listen to it a lot. He said we were up three one and we felt like we're gonna win the next one. We lost. We were cool. We're up three two. We were gonna win the next one. We lost. But during the whole process, we never worked on adjustments. We never know what we do differently. We just literally having the same blank happen over and over again. It started to play a trick on you. Like man, what's going on? He then came out and said that he blames Doc Rivers for playing him like a Ray Allen or JJ Redick and not running him in a lot of sets of pick and rolls. But when you look at the stats, which is something I enjoy doing, on the Clippers team, Paul George had some of his career highs in the pick and roll this season. Right. The ball was in his hand a lot. He was running a lot of his a lot of his motions were from him ball handling because they didn't have a legit point guard. So the duty sometimes fell to him. And Kawhi, who Kawhi is more of an ISO guy in the mid-range. So I don't I guess I see why 
Paul, Paul George is the guy that he has to throw somebody under the bus because he can't throw himself under the bus. He doesn't want to. Right. He blames himself a little bit, but then when he does try and blame himself, it comes with a butt afterwards. And that's something that right now he just can't do. You know he can't blame Kawhi because the fact is Kawhi brought him to the team. Kawhi wanted you, even though he wanted so many others before you, he still wanted you as one of the options. Mm-hmm. So you can't blame Kawhi. They blamed Harold, and now Harold's out the door. I think Will's going to be next pretty soon. Where, where do you think like Will goes? Oh, man, dude. If you see like, teams that need a backup, I can see Will's on the Nuggets right now. Mm-hmm. Nuggets would make a move. Don't, they don't have to really give up a lot for Will either. I, I think like, if they do a fairly amicable deal, I can see who will go in there. Oh, what, a team, what about a team like Milwaukee? I think a team like Milwaukee would try to make they a could, move. They could, that would be, I think, a makeup, and that might have helped appease Giannis because of the fact that they lost Bogdanovich. Mm-hmm. Because you lost Bogdan in that basically tampering trade that ended up not going through because of the fact that there were so many illegitimacies going on with it. You can't, you announce the trade on a Monday, free agency don't start until Friday. Right. How does that make somebody, two or somebody, two? Somebody two or two doesn't make five. Yeah, two or two don't make five. So, again, that, would, that might help out. That might help Giannis say, oh, man, we just got a, a, a stud off the bench that can really come in and drop buckets if, a, let's say, a Chris Middleton's not scoring up the park mm-hmm. when we need him to. Well, let's say a Drew Holiday's playing great defense, but he's not scoring the way I need him to, and it's just me. We're yeah. off the bench. He'll, he'll, he'll get you some buckets. What about, a team, what, what about a team like Houston? Right, we just mentioned Houston. No, nah, they don't need another dude off the bench. You got Eric Gordon. Eric Gordon is basically what Woods. Like, Eric Gordon is another mm-hmm. six-man-of-the-year finalist almost, what, the past three years now? Right. Like, but, they, but, they, but they did used to, they used to run Gordon, they used to run Lou Will, they used to run these guys simultaneously off the bench. Yeah, but you, you, you don't really – this is a new coach. I don't really know. That was a Dan Tony thing where you're hoisting up a lot of threes. Now it's like, I don't know. I don't really think you need it. I don't think Houston's going to really give up the assets for Lou. I think they rather – they're really trying to hold pace and see if they can keep Harden. I don't think Harden's going to be cool with having Lou because Lou's another ISO guy like him. And we don't, but, we, but we don't know if Harden's staying. We don't – you know, we – Yeah, so it's too, many, it's too many – it's too many, it's too many variables. Yeah, I guess if you're working off of how, how do you view Harden. But back to Paul George, I'm just thinking of it as, man – I get you'll blame Doc. There were times where during that series, Doc could, he could have, I guess you could say he didn't do more. You've heard a whole article come out from the Athletic, very good article, talking about the problems with the Clippers. And the first thing they started off with how the Clippers had their own security team when it came to PG and Kawhi. And now I don't have a problem with that. You have your own security team. Well, LeBron has his own security. Right. <laughs> Michael Jordan has his own security. And then you could say, for those that really want to nitpick and be like, well, do Kawhi and PG think they're on the same status as a Michael Jordan? Well, it's not about status, it's about feeling safe. Like, that's really just how it is. They have guys that they know they feel safe around. They trust these security guards. Well, they have their own security. But now you get a little bit down the article and they start hearing things about these guys didn't go to press rooms. So you had a Wu Will or a Pat Bev in the pressers for longer than they needed to be. So you would think they're the voice of the team when really I, the leaders are supposed to be a Paul George or Kawhi, or that's what you would thought when they joined the team. Right. And then you're also hearing about how Kawhi wasn't living in L.A. He was living in San Diego, making him late to practices, or how they would sometimes cancel practice mm-hmm. for these two players. But those things now – Ain't that like why well, Philip Rivers said he, not, he wasn't going to the char- – he wasn't staying with the Chargers. He was tired of going from San Francisco to L.A. Or yeah, San Diego. You, you hear things like this. Why is – one, I'm, I'm trying to figure out why is Kawhi even living in San Diego? Dude, well, is, did, he not, did he not go to – he went to San Diego State, so I'm assuming. Yeah, he's, so but why, maybe he's more comfortable why, in San Diego. Yeah, but you're holding you're you're holding up your own team now because you're late. 
you don't now you don't want to hold it. And if this if these things are true, because again, anonymous sources, one of the things that I actually do enjoy from certain NBA analysts or certain analysts, when you hear Kendrick Perkins say, peers, people that come out anonymous, it's hard to trust them because of the fact is put if you have something to say, put your face to name, put your name to what you gotta say, back your truth. Right. So when you hear these anonymous things from a Clippers staff member, teammate, whatever, you don't know how real, you don't know how accountable it really is. You don't know how how deep they really were into the whole scene situation. So you're just going off of what you're reading. So I'm going to go off what I'm reading. Why, what are you guys doing? Paul George, you're blaming Doc Rivers. How much of it was really Doc? If a players are canceling practice, they got to be going above Doc's head. Because as a head coach, you, there's no way you really so, trying to you know, so, practice. So, so you have to eat. So maybe I like that point that you made up. Because a lot of people say that about the Cowboys, that people have too much access to Jerry Jones. Players have too you know, Jerry Jones come around, put your, put your arm around you, like, you know, buddy up, you know. So do you think that's what's, what's going on with Steve Ballmer? And oh, absolutely. Kawhi and, and PG. Okay. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Look how much. Look at what Steve Ballmer gave up, basically to get Kawhi and Paul George. To get to get to Kawhi, he basically had to tell Kawhi, "Dude, I'm gonna give up the ends of the earth to get you PG. Mm-hmm. And when I get you PG, I'm just want to keep you happy because literally both you and PG have opt outs after this first season. Right. So I need to try and keep you guys happy because I'm I'm realizing I only have you guys for about two years. If that. So I want, I want, if that, I want to, I want to keep you guys together. I want to basically keep the Clippers as a whole unit. What do I got to do? Well, mm-hmm. Paul George coming in for those that all intents and purposes that don't know, Paul George actually had a scandal with Doc Rivers before coming to the team. He cheated on Doc Rivers' daughter before she was ended up marrying Seth Curry. So now you're coming into a Clippers organization run by who would have been your potential father-in-law when you were still with the girl, but. You're coming in. It's, it's a bad, it's a bad situation already. It's a bad scene. That's that man's daughter. That's the man's little girl. You ended up doing her dirty. Now you're coming in to play for him. But Doc Rivers was able to maintain professionalism. Was able to do his job to the best of his ability, coach this team, and still win games. So he, he put that all to the side. That's that's personal life. This is business. But right. Paul George came. Now he's coming out again, disrespecting and discrediting everything that Doc has done. And I know Doc hasn't been the best Clippers coach. This man has not seen the conference finals ever with the Clippers. But First of all, whoa, 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 wait, wait. He's, he's been the best coach in Clippers history. No, no, no. I'm not saying nah, he's been the worst. I'm just saying he hasn't been no, what no, no, the no, hype no, no. has been since he came he's, up. He's Celtics. the best coach in Clippers history. He's the, yeah, he's the best winning coach for that team, but he just hasn't won them the Clippers no, the championship. The Clippers haven't even made to the conference finals. That's what I'm saying. The Clippers haven't won to the conference finals. So, again, you see why Doc was Doc was, Doc was one foot out after the season. Paul George acquired were basically like, hey, man, we might need new leadership here, but shouldn't and again, they should be the leaders. Paul George needs to take accountability. I know you went on the show, the podcast, you spoke your truth or what you thought was your version of the truth. It, it, some might be to a, a fault. It might be actually true. But when you come out as now saying, hey, man, they were trying to play me like Ray Allen. Let's, let's, keep, it, let's keep it real now. He wasn't playing you like Ray Allen. Let's, let's just know talent-wise. Ray Allen couldn't make shots. Yeah, he wasn't playing you like Ray. He was playing you like you. He knew what you was good at. He knew what you were capable of. You hitting the side of the backboard wasn't something that he, he made you do. That was here's, a lot of a here's, But here's the thing, though, and I'm glad you mentioned the part about them needing to be leaders. There has been there's been a lot of questions now about PG's um, mental toughness, his mental makeup. He said he had some some mental demons he had to get over um, during the playoffs. He said this. Yeah, during the bubble. The is bubble he was is he mentally there able to be a leader? Like, are we putting this? Are we? People who are who are fans and people who talk about the NBA, we're putting this pressure on him like he needs to be a leader. He should be a leader. He may not mentally be able to do that. Like that's yeah, not it's his strong suit. 
being a leader is hard. Even if you, I'm not a professional athlete, but I know what it's like being a leader. Being a leader is hard. And then you're talking about now in a professional atmosphere where one, you're making paid millions of dollars. Now you have to be the face and voice of a team. They, these guys look up to you, rookies, to even the vets on the team. Now have to look to you. Their eyes are on you, the balls in your hands. And sometimes right. some, some dudes fall from the pressure. We've seen it in Kyrie Irving. He wanted to be his own team with the Boston Celtics. That fell short because some people lead differently and those leadership styles aren't the way it works. Like if you lead yourself as a, your own individual, that doesn't mean that leadership style is going to work for other people. Kyrie Irving and PGC might passive aggressive leadership type of people. Those aren't what you need now. And especially in this new age and this 2020 lifestyle, we're living in, people don't want to see you passive aggressive anymore. They want you to speak your truth. They want you to speak up, talk to me. <laughs> if we get into an argument, hey man, we're brothers. When you're a team, we're brothers. We get into argument. That's what we've been hearing so much from when you talk about other NBA teams, when you hear about arguments that occurred between James and Russ during locker rooms and how Russ would even, he, Russ would start the argument saying, man, this is on me. He would blame himself first because accountability. And then him and Russ, We'll all have these arguments, but then they still be cool. They even, even though they don't want to play with each other anymore, they acknowledge that they still real cool friends. They stay at birthday. They still hang out. It's just that hey, it's hard to play with somebody that you're so close with because the fact is you're gonna always butt heads. Right. Well, you're Paul George. I, I, you gotta like speak up. I've seen you speak up when you was on the Pacers when you, you blame CJ Miles for that shot. I've mm -hmm. seen you speak up when you was on the Thunder a little bit, but you didn't really speak up that much with Russ. So you can see that he's he's a backseat guy. But right. you can't take a backseat when you have Kawhi, who's another backseat guy. Kawhi's a leader, but he was a backseat guy. When he joined the Raptors, he was a backseat to Kyle Lowry as the leader of that team, as the voice. Right. And now, he, might, he might not have been the Spurs. best player. Yeah, yeah even, the yeah, even with the Spurs, Tim Duncan, Ginobili, and Tony Parker, the leaders. They were the voices. Kawhi might – at the time, Kawhi, Kawhi wasn't the best player. When we won finals MVP, he, he was emerging as the best player in that mm -hmm. team. But when they, when they were doing it, he wasn't the best player when he first got there. When he got to the Raptors, he, he was the best player on the team, best scorer, best defender. But Lowry was the face. Lowry's the voice of that team. Lowry was the locker room leader. And sometimes you just have to distinguish that from teams now. We're, we're finding that out in the NBA and the NFL. There might be guys that aren't the best players or might not really get the most minutes, but they got the locker room presence. They bring in the energy. They bring all the guys together that might be beefing, might be in doubt, might be feeling scared or anything. They, they text you all that. And that's what you're seeing now in a lot of teams where – I think just recently I saw a notification that Jared Dudley was re-signed by the Lakers. It wasn't because he's a bucket getter. I don't remember him. I don't remember seeing him get any tick besides garbage time for the Lakers. But his voice, that locker room presence that he brings, they wanted to bring that back. Because at times there are going to be times where LeBron and AD are tired or they're feeling emotional from whatever's going on in their personal life or they're having a hard game. Jared Dudley's there to help. Hey, he'll talk to them. He'll talk to the team. He gets, they, he's able to bring them all together. He might plan events, whatever. Like There's always that type of thing. And right now, I'm not seeing that with the Clippers. I, didn't, I don't even see what the Clippers done this free agency, if we're being honest. I don't think they really made great moves. Bringing in Serge Ibaka was a nice addition. Resigning right. the Morris twin was very good. He's a Philly native. He, he's a bucket getter. I like it. But it's not like you brought in, you resigned Reggie Jackson. I don't think Reggie Jackson's a playmaker you wanted. Reggie Jackson's not a, a playmaking point guard. And that's what they really need right now. You brought in Luke Kennard in the draft. That's another shooter, but you lost Shaman. I don't know if I can't honestly say if Luke Kennard is a better shooter than Landon Shaman. Better ball handler, maybe. We're not a better mm -hmm. shooter. Right. So I don't know how much better the Clippers really got. I think they still have the chance to make the playoffs. I think they still have a chance of beating LeBron AD. But right now, they have to figure it out. Under Tyloo, yeah. I think Tyloo's the leader that they need, the coach they need, because mm -hmm. Tyloo's a vocal coach. You've heard it in conversations, even when he was with LeBron and Kyrie. He, he, he didn't hold back. Mm -hmm. He was the type of coach to get in LeBron face and get in Kyrie face and, get, and definitely get in love face. He was the type that lets you know, you, you playing like trash, you playing like trash. Right. So... That's really what I think the, the Clippers need right now. 
I think Paul George just has to find a way to get accountable. Maybe he, he might just showcase his accountability by coming into the next season and just being a baller. But I know he's a baller in the regular season. I need to see that in playoffs. Right. I agree. Speaking of playoffs, um, and we're going to keep the, the, the thought of Doc Rivers because he came out and said that he doesn't really care if, Doc, if Ben Simmons shoots jump shots or not. Blasphemy. Um, hogwash. Hogwash, you say. Blasphemy, you say. Hogwash, Patooey. Oh, Patooey. That's how I feel it. about that statement. Just just get that out of here. Oh, my Lord. I agree with him. Oh, God. I agree with him. No, what? Here's this, the thing. This, this reminds me of Brett Brown over again. I like Brett. I do, Brett I do like Brett. Brett. Brett not getting fired. He cool. I, I was right last year. Brett wasn't going to get fired last year. This year, Brett, I said Brett, he, Brett needed to go. Brett was going every year for me. That's just how I feel. Doc's not going. Doc's going to stay. Glenn, Glenn, Glenn for the Sixers is going to go. But anyway, now you, you, you made your feelings very clear about Ben Simmons not shooting. I say that Ben Simmons needs to shoot more. It's not that I, I don't It's not that to. I don't think he needs to shoot at all. I think he just needs to shoot, you know, a little bit more. So I'm going to read you the statement. The statement was, I care that he's a great player. I'm going to let him play. I'm going to give him the keys and let him be free and play. If he takes no shots, I'm fine. If he takes 10 threes, I'm fine. If he gets to the line 50 times, I'm fine. Ben is brilliant enough for me to allow him to play and not get in his way and try to cloud his head up with a bunch of crap. It's about winning, and that's what I want Ben to focus on and how to make each other better and win. See, when you make a statement like that, and then you end it on it's about winning, right? Guess what it takes to sometimes win games? Knocking down shots. Right. Because I've seen games in that, oh, from, from the Sixers, a playoff game from Ben Simmons. One point the whole entire game. A regular season game from Joel Embiid, zero points. Guess what? I can't see. We can't see that anymore. These these two guys are too good. And I, I didn't mean to even bring Joel Embiid into this, but just that was just make my point. These two guys are too good to let parts of their game be getting held back. We don't right. need that. Your Dot Rivers, you're coming in. I understand you're trying to right now and integrate yourself into the team. Mm-hmm. But when you say things like, "If he doesn't shoot a, a shot, I'm fine with that," no, 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 no. I understand you're going to have to be fine with it because let's be honest, Brett was fine with it because this is how Ben Simmons plays. But when you're coming in, you want to just integrate him saying, hey, man, take just, I, I want you to be fine with missing. Right. That's, what I, that's what I want to hear him say more. I want to hear him be in his speeches and press conference saying, I'm, I want you to be fine with missing. I don't want you to think that it, 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 you, you want to be sexy or suave all the time and that that's why you're not trying to take these threes because it might be an ugly jump shot or you might airball something. No, dude, who cares? Jordan airballed, Kobe airballed, LeBron airballs. Dude, take the shot. They're leaving you open because they're disrespecting you. Why are you, why are you letting this blatantly be disrespected? Why are you taking this blatant disrespect at this point? Mm-hmm. And especially when it comes to playoff times, it doesn't matter how good the shooters the Sixers have. If Ben Simmons is able to get corralled enough where they're controlling the, 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 the inside paint, where they, they're blocking him in from going there, and he's laying left open, dude, you're going to have to pull the shot. And if Doc's already stating now the state of mind where I'm fine if he doesn't shoot, that's not going to tread lightly later on in the season where we'll say Doc says later on in the season, I need Ben to shoot. You see how now that's becoming a contradictory statement? It's becoming hypocritical? Right. Now, now it might cause a little controversy between him and Ben because Ben might bring it up later. But, dude, before you said it was okay if I didn't shoot. Now you need me to shoot. And then Doc might be like, well, dude, I, I would have thought me saying that. No, no. See, we don't need that. So you might as well come into the season already saying, hey, man, be okay with missing. Be okay with missing these threes, but take them. You'll go and be open. Doc has already come out and said he's going to be running more pick and roll with Ben Simmons and B, which is something I have been praising about 
for years now. Yeah. So I'm not saying they should have been doing because I believe Ben Simmons and Embiid can be a version of a Magic and Kareem mm-hmm. because of the height and the strength and the dominance of those two players. You're seeing a Magic type player in Ben Simmons in the dominance of a Kareem and a Joel Embiid. You can see a pick and roll like that. Now, mind you, the times are different where threes have become more prevalent than the mid range game where Magic was just coming off the pick and roll running in the mid range. But hey, Ben, shoot the midi. Right. It's giving it's you there. that space. It's, it's there. there. Like, you can really transcend the game and just that aspect of the game. You can bring it back in time because they're giving Ben so much space. Dude, you can really just shoot those mid-range. It's going to be there. I'm loving what the Sixers have done with their roster. I love bringing in Seth Curry. I'm looking at a starting lineup of Seth Curry, Danny Green, Ben Simmons, Tobias, and Embiid as your starting five, and I love that. That's shooting. That's a, that's a little bit of a heightened version of the 2017 where you've seen Ben Simmons, J.J. Redick, Covington, Sark, and Embiid. Because I think mm-hmm. Tobias is a better version of Sark. I think Danny Green and Robert Covington compare well with each other. I don't think they're one's better than the other because at, at times they're both inconsistent. Right. But they're both good on defense. But I think – and then J.J. Redick is a better catch-and-shooter than Seth Curry. But mm-hmm. Seth Curry has shown. He, he's breaking records for how good he is efficient at the three-point line. He, that dude is a sniper. I've seen him go games where he's 10 for 10, 11 for 11 from the three-point line alone. Right. So that's He can get his shot. He can get his own shot. So I'm like, I like that I see, and I, I would just love to hear Doc come out and say, man, I want Ben to be free, but be, take the shots. You're going to be open. Take them. And maybe he's not going to say that in the media, because I think that's where Brett went wrong. Is saying well, yeah, Brett loud. went out and said, oh, wow, I need Ben to shoot the ball more. It I wasn't in those exact words, but like, I mean, he, tried to, he tried to give his player a challenge on the media, trying to get, because Ben Simmons is a guy that's very social media oriented. His ID mm-hmm. identifies with social media. It's a huge thing now. Social media has become a thing for all athletes. Ben Simmons identifies himself very well on social media. Brett tried to call him out. Backfired. Yeah, backfires. So, real quick, before we wrap everything up, Christmas Day games have been announced in the NBA. Um, your thoughts on the Christmas Day games? That's usually the marquee matchup type game. I always say that's when the season really begins. Now it's really when the season begins. So, um, your thoughts on, on Christmas Day games um, in the NBA? I like some of them. Disappointed in some other ones. I'm not. I, I wish that the Suns might have got a Christmas Day game instead of the Pelicans. I don't know. I, I like seeing the Heat. I'm, I, I would enjoy watching the Heat. Why, game. I, why, I why the Suns over the Pelicans? Because I really like what the Suns did just off of last season in the bubble. You're talking about 8 0, and I know the level of competition they played in the bubble wasn't that great. They're playing some teams where guys right. are being sick for the playoffs, but mm-hmm. Pelicans were lackluster last season. I don't think they're much better this season when it comes to how they're going to play. Yeah, but the Pelicans have the a talent new, they brought in. Coach. But, again, they, they have a new talent. coach, and they have the franchise number one player from last season. You're going to want to put him on television. But I think Devin Booker is that dude. I think Okay, yeah. Is Devin Booker is, is very talented. Brandon Chris Paul should bring in the marquee matchups now. You should start bringing more marquee matchups in for the Suns because they just right. went 8-0. Oh, Here, but here's, here's the problem with that. Television for Christmas. Here's the problem with that. Devin Booker is a great player. Zion's a great marketing tool, and that's the difference. Yep, and that's, and that's the difference. Idea. you got to see the money was. And, and then the and, money is and they're, at what, a, a, a noon game anyway. The noon games are always one of the worst games anyway for Christmas. Yeah. Like, but you, you see, really I get what you're saying. Play. Like, you want to see some new faces. But the money is with, you know, Zion. And, again, money. Like, I, I, next yeah, game. Yeah. Warriors. I don't want to see the Warriors on Christmas. Why don't you want to see Steph Curry? It's Steph Curry, man. He's the greatest shooter of all time. Um, That's what everybody says to me. He's the greatest shooter of all time. But again, it's not that I don't want to see the greatest shooter play. It's just that I think for Christmas, I'm 
enjoying my gifts. I'm watching my my mom and my brother open the gifts I personally bought them, et cetera, et cetera. When I want to go wait, watch the wait, NBA wait, games. Wait, wait, wait. You brought gifts? I did buy gifts. Wow. You're a cheapskate. You brought gifts? I bought gifts, yes. Wow. Okay, what, continue. What are, you, what are you supposed to do? Aren't you supposed to bring gifts for Christmas? I didn't think you give gifts out. Well, I've been giving gifts since since my whole since Christmas was a thing, since I knew how to give a gift on Christmas. Wow. All right, continue. So again, I I just don't I think there's other teams I'd rather have seen against the Bucks on Christmas Day. I don't know. I, now that let's say for instance, I'd like to have seen oh man, if we're talking about against the Bucks Christmas Day, the Warriors isn't a bad man up. I'd rather have seen the Portland Trailblazers versus the Bucks instead of the Warriors. I would have. I wanted to see Dame Dollar versus the Bucks on Christmas Day. I think um, Dame deserves a Christmas game. I think he'd ball out on Christmas. Okay. I don't disagree with you. But market the, marketably speaking, it's Steph Curry. It's the Warriors. I, I'm taking the Warriors. Now, no disrespect to, to Portland, but it's Portland. I understand okay. that. I'd re- honestly, if we take out the Warriors, I'd like to see the Sixers play the Bucks on Christmas. Because we just saw the way we – and then you say, why would you want to see the Sixers on Christmas? I just saw the Sixers last was, Christmas. I wasn't going to say that. Sixers the last Christmas just dominated the Bucks. I'd like to see that rematch. I, w- I would have liked to make, see make that. That would have been a nice rivalry rematch game, Sixers versus Bucks, where the Sixers dominated the Bucks last season. Where we were like, oh, man, maybe the Al Horford might work out. For those that actually thought that, me, I said, man, we got to get him out of here now. This was the best game for Al Horford. Oh, trade na- him now. Oh, now you said that. Now you said Bro, that. I said that last season. Trade him now. Get him out of here. We just, we just had a 20-point game. Trade we him gonna, now. We're going to review that. We're going to review that. So, again – I thought that would have been a great matchup, but Warriors and Bucks isn't like it's not a it's going to be a bad game. I just don't think not that the Warriors lost Clay, and you know they lost Clay because these games were like they these were already announced. These were just announced about a couple of days ago mm-hmm. that you've already known Clay's gone. The Warriors brought in Kelly Oubre. They have Wiggins. They have James Wise, and they have Steph. I just don't want to see this game being a game where it's just bad because I don't I don't know how well this team is going to mesh in the three weeks they have before the season starts. Like the season starts September twenty second. These games are three days later. I don't know how well this team is going to match, how they're going to look against a Bucks team where you say, that, oh, well, the Bucks lost pieces too. But, dude, Giannis and Chris Middleton are still there. They've been playing for years now. They know, they know the system. They didn't lose that much because DiVincenzo still there off the bench. Drew Holiday is going to come in and integrate himself very easily, whereas the Warriors got to basically run a revamped system because Oubre is a nice pickup, but he, he's no Clay Thompson. Wiggins is solid, but he's no shooter. But, Draymond's there, but it's Draymond. Draymond's just going to do Draymond things. Quadruple single and call it a day. Come on now. Why, why come on now. Come on now. Don't you disrespect. No, quadruple single is a nice stat line. Quadruple single. Yeah, it's a nice stat line. Tell my man can't get a double digit in anything. He might get a double double in rebounds and steals again. I haven't seen him do that, do that in a while. And as, I thought that was phenomenal when you see him get a triple double like rebound, steals, and assists. That's crazy. And he, he, he can be a walking quadruple-double if, like, he's back to healthy and he can shoot his threes. But who knows how he plays. But, again, I'm not – Draymond's not that offensive stud that you really, you really see. He's not that guy. At the most I've seen Draymond score was 30 points in the final. When Draymond scores 30 points in the final game, mm-hmm. that's the game they lost in game seven. So, again, they're, they're, those, those are just the two games I had gripes. So I feel like you could replace those with two other teams. But the 8 o'clock game, Mavericks versus Lakers – that's very, very good, very good matchup. That's a stud matchup. Who, who doesn't want to see that? I'm talking about Luka versus LeBron. That's that's, that's like that's right there. Great, the two, the great. two dominant small forwards in the game going back and forth. Then you also have 
um, Porzingis versus Anthony Davis. Man, that's going to be fun to watch. And then the game after that, you have Clippers at Nuggets. Well, that's the matchup of the century. That's the rematch we really oh, want to see. It's the, it's the slander bowl. That's the, re- yeah. that's the side like of the slander, backboard rematch. We want to see. the ground zero. Everybody get your memes ready. Honestly, I'd like to see that game be hosted in the bubble. Just bring that, put that back in the bubble. So <laughs> Paul, and, and uh, you just title the game Paul George versus the backboard. Let's see who wins again. Paul George had nightmares. So, like, that's, that's going to be a game you want to see. And they put that at the 10-30 game. I think that's probably going to be pushed down to the 9th. I feel like they're going to readjust some of these times because, you know, the NBA has a thing where they've been trying to reduce the times on games where they're trying to bring them in a little bit earlier because 10-30 games have been awfully late. Like, they, they, were, they were some of the latest games. They ended until, like, 1 o'clock sometimes. I used to yeah. be jazz watching the 10-30 games. Like, well, that's no. you. No, when they had the when they switched them two years ago to the nine o'clock games and they were ending at like eleven thirty twelve, I used to, I was loving it because well, I got better, to watch every game. Well, you better drink a Red Bull and stay up. No, thank you. I'll just I, I'll just see the highlights the next day. But I'm, I'll stay up for those games. Christmas Day, I stay up. I watch that game. That's, I think that's going to be a great game to watch. It's going to be fun to see the Nuggets rematch the Clippers with this new little Clippers team, and then the Nuggets lost some key pieces in the Jeremy Grant. Torrey Craig, for all those that don't know, Torrey Craig is a very good defender. He was coming off the bench putting quality minutes in. I like to see it. I like to see what they do. So, I don't know. I'm not disappointed. And then I I even skipped the game. At the 5 o'clock little segment, you got the Nets versus Celtics. That's going to be a nice game to watch. Because we haven't gotten the chance to see Kyrie and KD ball together yet. Mm -hmm. And now we get to see one of their, what, third game into the season, them playing with each other against the revamped Boston Celtics who lost Gordon Hayward. But we're able to bring in a Jeff T, a Tristan Thompson. Now they got the big they needed. They still have Jason Tatum, who just signed the Supermax. Jalen Brown's there. Marcus Smart. That's going to be a very good game. I know Kemba Walker's going to be out during that game because they're saying he's not going to come back until mid, late January. But it's still going to be a good game to watch. So Christmas is going to be fun. It's going to be exciting. You know how I feel personally. I wish they bring back the Christmas jerseys because I used to love them. That, that was something I used to really get hyped to see with some of the Christmas jerseys. But mm-hmm. we'll probably see some alternates in there or something like that. It's gonna be fun to watch. I'm excited for basketball. Training camp is. A I can punch. tell you, you don't get this excited for the NFL. I do nah, when our team's you, playing good. You see, I can watch. See, the, the way you feel about the NBA is the way I feel about the NFL. Is college basketball, the NBA, and football my top three? Man, I'm more of an NFL but, playoff type of dude. But your NFL but, regular but, season. So it, it don't lie though. Your, your NFL is like a distant three. No, it's number two. It's a, it's a high two because Thanksgiving had me. I was hyped for things. Well. I was hyped for the Ravens Steelers Thanksgiving game. I'm never excited to see Dallas on Thanksgiving because they've had so many Dallas Thanksgiving games and they've been on a losing streak. Don't want to see them play. Wasn't excited for the Texans Lions game, even though it was a good game. Wasn't excited for it. There were two speaking, losing teams. Speaking of the Lions, Matt Patricia got to go, boss. You got hey, the war and the GM. Don't forget that GM is also gone. You got to go, boss. It was, it, was, it was fun while it wasn't lasting. That team needed It, it wasn't fun while it was lasting. They needed new management, and they needed new coaching. Speaking of new Honestly, management, what you can say coaching. about their manager, though, man, they managed them how to draft. Yeah, they drafted, they drafted a lot of good players, unlike some people around here. I don't know what you're talking about. We, this, the show's over. Yes, the show is over. <laughs> the show's over. We, we don't talk about that team. <laughs> Scrubs. So thank y'all for listening to episode number 49. If you like what you hear, please tell a friend to tell a friend. Make sure you follow us on all your favorite socials. That's at underscore, ooh, at S-T-T-P oh <laughs> I, was about, I was a little far ahead. I was we got an underscore that thing? Nah, not yet, not yet. It's at S-T-T-P podcast on both Twitter and Instagram. Make sure you follow me on all your favorite socials. 
Twitter and Instagram as well, at underscore Chris Cross. Follow me at Jada Hughes on Twitter and Instagram. Definitely follow me on Twitter. I'm trying to grow this thing. I just started up. I just started Twitter, so now I'm welcome. Be welcome. I've, I've been Twittering for a long time. Yeah, my Twitter is basically just sports stuff. So if you want to see my comments or just takes on sports, mine is a lot of sports too. Some some comedy. It's, it's also some, funny. Some, some random day slander, but you know. Oh yes, personal, always personal life stuff. Mine is just probably just sports. I don't think I, I talk about anything else. But follow, he already said mentioned follow the podcast. Straight to the point podcast now like three hundred and ninety four followers. We getting we getting close. Getting real close to the goal. We're trying to get the five hundred followers before the new year. Please help us out. We're almost there. Continue to like us, continue to follow us, continue to comment us. We want to hear your thoughts and opinions. Talk to us about sports. How do you feel about what's going on? Do you see James Harden getting traded before the NBA season starts? Do you see an NFL bubble? Do you see my team getting better? They will not be named. Do you see the Titans potentially going to the Super Bowl? No. Because, you know, that's what Chris is thinking about right now. <laughs> no. So Absolutely just, not. Just comment us, talk to us. We'll, we'll I, ain't, see how I ain't tightening up nothing. If you're a Browns fan, don't comment to us. If you're a Dallas fan, don't talk to us. Are you a Browns fan? I don't want to hear it. I, I, I'll listen. I'll entertain it. I'll entertain. I've, been, I've been on the Browns. I've been low-key on the Browns bandwagon for a while. I just had a professor tell me, sidebar, Browns versus Giants in the Super Bowl. Ew. Okay. Ew. <laughs> that might be the nastiest Super Bowl I've ever heard of, but Ew. okay. Get out of here. We all, we all know who went in the NFC East. I don't actually. I really don't actually. Not that, not that Drew Brees though. I might don't be, actually. It might be the team with no name. Ah! <laughs> no, 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 sir. It might be the team with no name. Not a, I, 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 it's, not quite a, it's quite possible. I'm all, I'm all in on Alex Smith. Yes. All in on Alex Smith. <laughs> <laughs>